That baby goes red. This Paul Weller is getting me in a very chill mood. Is it? You What's guys it? can't hear it. Yeah, can you describe it to us? Um, there's like a, a a polite organ. Okay, cool. That's great. I really enjoyed that um, description. <laughs> I feel like we could have some tea. <laughs> it's very British. Well, let's get your your you up. T- you got to get closer. Like you're about to like you're right next to a robot penis for a microphone. How's this? That's good. Yeah. That sounds good. Um. I'm gonna. I'll decrease this volume a little bit. Okay. Cool. You can't. You don't know. I feel naked right now. I don't like not having headphones. I don't have a mic stand. So, so I'm all tr- flustered. To everybody, we, we're upgrading a lot of stuff. We have a new studio in the works, and um, this is our skeleton equipment. So it's a little. Uh, if you hear some pops, you hear some whatnots. Um, I'm hearing some sweet Paul Weller. What are you hearing? Nothing? Uh, Nothing. Yeah. It's silence. Mm. You'll nice top it off with a hottie toddy. Yeah. Have you, my day. Can you sing? No. Uh, si- Simon, have you listened to the show before? No. That's fine. I have not. Don't Good. be embarrassed. You didn't look like you were, <laughs> but don't worry about it. Because uh, I always start the show with my call in, which is the hottie toddy. And we got directed by uh, John Paul today. Oh, yeah, Welcome John Paul's back. over there. I forgot to mention, and he said specifically for me to say, hey, don't forget I'm behind the camera. If you, uh, He did. He whispered it, too, because he was embarrassed. And if, uh, if you want to know who that is, you can go back to the episode, what, four weeks ago, five weeks ago? Something like that. About how to get over mental hurdles. Let's get the show going. Aha! God Almighty, this is a Sweat Equity podcast streaming show. Um, our guest, Simon. A- how do I say your last name? Amesbury. 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 Very English name. It ver- oh, I, I saw your name in the yeah. email, and I was like, ooh, that's a very British name. It is. Did British town. I was doing my vr- British voices all the way here, just playing around, and turns out you're British. I had no idea. <laughs> The most British name ever, Simon Amesbury. Yeah, we were uh, we we got up a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about like, I think what you're doing with home building is interesting. I feel like there's a lot of knowledge out there a lot of people don't understand. Um, I guess kind of explain who you're with, what you're doing, plug anything, websites, social media, any of that. So uh, I started with a company called Alaire Homes about five months ago. Um, and this is a new office in Tampa for us. Yeah. Uh, we've got about 105 offices across North America. Um, and we are in the uh, residential and commercial construction. Uh-huh. Um, personally, I'm just in the residential sphere. So I'm doing custom homes and remodeling. So we're not in the production home business. We're just in customs. We, do, we build exactly what the client wants. Um, and uh, it's vital, therefore, that we know what the client wants and that we get on with the client really well. So we're very relationship-driven. Um, um, we have client control processes that are very transparent, that are trademarked, so no one else can uh, or, or uses them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we hope that uh, you know, living better is starts here is our, is our motto. Um, and we hope that we can make residential construction a fun process again. What do, do you all see, I guess, as a company, do a bit of a disruptor of sorts for the home build? It doesn't ha- we t- kind of talked about it, you know, 
previously, we kind of talked about like it doesn't have to be as shitty of a process as it is. Yeah, it's it a seems broken like process. Wh- what I think was interesting for you to come on was y'all have a different kind of outlook. I feel like a lot of a lot of builders don't uh, in the c- commercial residential area. Yeah. Um, so put yourself in a, uh, a client's shoes. Most of our clients, when they come to us, there's a ton of uncertainty. Yeah. Right? It can be uh, um, a very stressful um, process to start. It's, uh, you know, obviously it's a huge investment for most of our clients. Most of our clients won't spend more than they do on their um, custom home. And residential construction has got a bad name because it's a broken pro- process, you know, and it has been for a number of years. So um, the the typical um, way that clients and contractors would interact is the contractors will give them a quote based on s- ho- hopefully just drawings or hopefully a little bit more, but most of the time it's just drawings. Yep. Um, and that's only a little bit of information. So contractors then put in allowances and... Um, and then the client chooses the lowest price, typically, the yep. lowest price one. And they get into this adversarial relationship almost off the bat because now the contractor's got to find his margins. He's won the, pro- the project on the bo- back of a really low margin on a low price. How can I get no that Chinese drywall, get that profit yeah. margin? Right, up. exactly. And, and it's not just the contractor's fault. It's, it's both sides of the fence, to be honest. If you, you, know, you pay for what you get. So sure. if you're looking to get a really cheap job, it's usually tell them cheap is going to do it. Um, so it's about trying to correct, cre- correct, excuse me, that process. We have um, beer in here. We've got some booze yeah, right here if you need some, some too. Spiced rum over here. Yeah. Um, it's about trying to correct that process. Uh, and uh, so with this client control um, exercise, if you like, that Alaire has, um, has come up with, we're able to take the client from that uncertainty and give them certainty before they enter into a construction contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Well, when you say customized, how customized are we talking? You, I'm just curious in terms of how far are you getting down into the customizations and, and kind of... We going Mike Tyson crazy? Yeah, How? I mean, like, how does it... Uh, do you guys assign a, a person for each home? Do you have... Um, yes. Okay, so... Did y'all do the board game? Uh, house? Have you seen that in Florida? No. Every room's a different board game. No. What are you okay. talking? Okay. No, never mind. <laughs> yeah, moving on. That's yeah. <laughs> I think I saw that on like Buzzfeed or something. I was like, cool. What? It's a board game. Every room's themed like a board game. What painted? Pa- hey, interior design is a big deal, right? You gotta. It, it's gotta mesh with the actual design, the hard design of the. Of the room, but this man is a home builder. I know. All right, you're talking about paint. Man. I wanted to talk about a little fluff. Paint. I wanted to fluff it up a little There's bit. There's always a little bit of fluff in a Anyways, house. Anyways, yeah. So a lot of I'm people call me that. a great fluffer. Okay. Right. We know. <laughs> How do you think we get excited <laughs> for the hotty toddy? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the customization. I'm just, I'm just curious how it all works. How you guys are a little bit different in that ter- in that way. So um, a lot of contractors that you might know out there are. A lot of them are known as production builders. So they will buy a piece of land. They will have, say, five plans. And they will market that out to people to come and purchase. And they'll be purchasing the finished product. Okay, That is not really customized homes. That is a production. It's already there, written down on a bit of paper. right? And it's already uh, decided for the client as to what they're going to get unless they upgrade. Right. Basically mass produced, but it's on more a of the singular level. Yeah, it's a Chipotle line, burrito. That's why it's production homes. Production line. Right. Construction. Right. So 
for Alaya Homes, what we're interested in is creating unique uh, construction projects. So a lot of clients come to us with land already purchased. Some of them haven't even got the land purchased. Some of them haven't approached an architect or interior designer or anything. So they are really um, looking for us to be a trusted advisor and to lead them through the pre-construction stages initially. Um, and the challenge for them is to visualize what they're going to get and relate that to what it takes to go through that process or what it takes to go through construction to give them it. So do you have a, uh, like a stable of architects that you say, hey, this is, this is his style, you want to talk to this guy or girl? Uh, you, Absolutely, yeah. Every architect's got their unique style. Um, and uh, so we'll listen to the client first, find out what styles they like, and then hopefully introduce them to an architect that, uh, that suits, that we think they can get on with. Um, you know, th they've got similar characteristics, they've got similar likes, dislikes, that I sort gotcha. of thing. But w we're never going to suggest one because the client wants more than one to talk to. They of want course. a feel for what the options are out there. They want choices. That's mm -hmm. And that leading back to the client control system, it's all about their choices. Right. Yeah, that, no, that sounds awesome. I mean, to be able to not have to choose from the same house your neighbor's going to have. Because yep. they're all, exactly. you know, you go into these neighborhoods, it's like four different houses with mm -hmm. different paint jobs and... They're slip flipped around. Yeah, I mean Florida's full of it. Right. It, yeah. The Edward Scissorhands neighborhood. Yeah. Is uh, somewhere know. around here. I can't remember where. I think North Tampa or Lutes, not too far away. I think from it's there. like Pasco County somewhere. Yeah. We went over it once. Oh, we have. Yeah. Yes. Well, you so know, you can go online and you can pick a uh, you know a, a floor you plan out, a style of home, and so on. But where's the fun in that? Right. That's I know. That's cool. Yeah. I I think uh, the way and the way y'all approach it is kind of like the cool guy at the bar. It's not like, hey, we got to get you in. We got. I'm not going to name any uh, local stuff because we try to. Uh, we have a lot of listeners outside of the area, but Tampa's a good index of the country. Um, you know, so as far as like uh, demographics breakdown, and um, I think we're the index city of the country. Like we represent the exact population yeah. around mm -hmm. the country. Um, I think. It's good to talk. I, I always talk local, and we can, but I always want to make sure we're broadening it out for people listening that, you know, or elsewhere, because we do have some listeners, not quite Vancouver yet. We're going to get there. Mm -hmm. I want to get some Vancouver listeners, so we have a reason to do a live show or something. we got yeah. a lot of good offices in Vancouver. Go Grizzlies. Yeah. <laughs> There's a blast. <laughs> yeah. I got a little pop Actually, up. the only basketball game I've been to was Grizzlies in Vancouver. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Back the, who did they have? Big Country Reeves back then? Oh, yeah. yeah. He only you know, he lasted yeah. like a year. Big country he was had a heart attack on the court. I'm pretty sure. That's where I was gonna go. Uh, but uh, I would say I've got some pop going on. Is that picking up over there? Can you see it hitting red, John Paul, on the audio? Maybe it's just me being anal. There you go. Hold Get on. stripped down. Hold on. Yep. Strip oh. it down. All right. Let's see if that did it. Um, so pricing. Uh, I got a couple things from what you said in the beginning of the top of the show. Uh, the scariest part th is the unknown, right? Mm -hmm. That's fear. That's mm -hmm. what we're all kind of scared of, right? Fear. I, I already muted that. Don't worry about it. Okay, sorry. Um, Behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, it's okay. People want to hear what's going on. Um, I would say the fear of unknown, right? Mm -hmm. That's what's scary. Yeah. Uh, when I was in fraternity, you had Hell Week. It's they didn't tell you anything. That's scarier than if they go, "Here's what we're gonna do to you." You know, uh, if 
uh, buying a home, it's that's it's scary because a you don't have a lot of knowledge. There's so many different parts of that supply chain that's involved. Uh, you kind of went you touched on a little bit of that. B you never want to get ripped off. You never want to be uh, get suckered by a huckster, uh, especially in Florida. Don't get me started. I'm my AC guy. No, I'm, go for it. I don't. Uh, oh, well, rant. No, rant, no, baby. I just got no. Because pricing's the, the hardest thing in business, I think. Oh well, I'm in the process of uh, getting a new AC guy because I hired the wrong company, bought a new machine from them like five years ago. Have literally every time they come out for their quote unquote maintenance plan, had to spend a thousand dollars on, and it's six years old, whatever it is, and I'm almost doubled on the uh, and now I don't even care now well, I just want to have to it might be your mic get somebody else yeah. to do it I'm not giving these people another dime and I'll wait to name yeah. names but yeah no I mean it's all it sucks because like you, I went on the reviews checked the reviews didn't check them enough because all their reviews were five stars the only review they got that person made was for this company you know and that's just maintenance yeah. So then you think about oh, I know. How, what goes into installing that system to start with and how you price that out. Right. Um, you know, it, it's not just a finger-in-the-air process. So, um, and we don't make the prices up. We don't make the costs up. You know, they're out there in the marketplace. Right. It's labor materials, plant, and then overheads and et cetera, mm -hmm. insurances and all those sorts of things that go into it. So we are we're very much a construction management model in that we will go out and we will find the best people for the project. Now, that might not be the cheapest one. In fact, most of Rarely it's not is. the cheapest one. Yeah. Um, it's finding those reliable sources. It's re reliable suppliers um, and subcontractors. When you do a schedule of a construction project, there's always a critical path. And if something's on that critical path, those are the things that you do not want to be changing. Right? People if need you can help it. Yeah, change, there's a lot of if we talk a lot about if this then that kind of stuff yep. when you're doing projects yep. and we get caught up sometimes we try to explain to clients it there's a lot of similarities in our businesses yours has empirical evidence of how much stuff should cost ours is kind of it's still it's still kind it of in the ether in the right still. yeah how much should bit. this labor cost because it's wildly it, you can get someone in the Philippines to do it for four dollars but yep. that project management skill just like mm -hmm. getting uh, illegal guys to do do home building work. I mean, that's well. I'm not pointing at they you. They can I'm be unlicensed or licensed, and there's a big difference. In sure. Oh yeah, that's big. But yeah. a lot of people don't know that. Like a lot of labor rates for various industries are s standardized. Lots of times where it's like this is the st a standard labor rate for this job. Like they were they rated out in hours. I mean, I'm just going by like uh auto maintenance sort of stuff well, where they picking up a guy at home depot i saw i heard someone did a test where they were like what do you think the rate would be in, in la and it was like everyone's like i don't know eight bucks I'm like no 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 75 no. an hour no no but i mean if you have skilled guys right yeah um but if you're picking up uh illegal guys at home depot in la it was like 15 to 20 an hour and some people were like, "What, really? You can't get them for five dollars?" It's like, no, that's the market. The market demands eat. the price. They gotta eat. They gotta live. Right, and you're doing it under, un, you know, you're doing it under the table. So there's, you know, you're saving so much money, but there's risk. <laughs> yeah, there's risk. Also, my not clients. No, no. Yeah. Hold on one sec. I don't know if this is mine. Let's go yours. Yeah. Is it popping real bad? Popping? 
I think it's coming from his his. Yeah, there it is. It's his uh, cord. Oh. So hold on to that with your left hand, and we'll see. Here, I'll works. just. Oh my god! It sounds like we're in a boat. How much longer do we have? It sounds like we're in a sailboat. How's that? N- oh, yeah, yeah. Riveting podcast stuff. This here. is how we do it. Professional. Holy shit. Yeah, do it. Take your shirt off. Hey, can you go on the YouTube feed? Bring us back. And, and see what it sounds like, please. Thank you. Do you want to continue? Yeah. yeah. Just keep going? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not going to even edit that out. <laughs> no, we leave it all in. Yeah. <laughs> time to edit. Yeah. So, it, so going all, back man. to the construction process, right? you've got all these unknowns, you've got all these risks, and um, most... Most of the time, I, I, most of the contractors I come across, they won't even consider them at the stages, and, and that creates uncertainty, creates even more risk for a client. So what we're trying to do is just implement a pre-construction stage that enables us to give the client certainty, um, and it gives them peace of mind, and therefore they're more uh, willing to go into the construction process. Yeah, I like that idea of an individual being assigned to whatever client that they ha- they establish a relationship, I'm assuming, you mm-hmm. know, and you can gain some trust with this one individual. They're your go-to. I'm assuming they don't. This is the project manager. Yeah, they're project they're managers. talking to the cl- the contractors yep. and all that stuff for you because yep. I mean, when you're building a house, you're dealing with each contractor yourself. So mm-hmm. that's awesome being able to go to one person for that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and point of contact. people listening, if you want to get like a basic of um, you know project management. Because you want to know what's going on, right? And you want to see how it's structured. A Gantt chart uh, named after Samantha Gantt uh, in the room right now. <laughs> Not really, but it's like a 100-year-old thing. It's a yeah. project management operations thing. I didn't know what it was called maybe five years ago. Someone showed it to me, and I go, oh, that. That thing of like a spreadsheet of here are the dates, here's what we're working yeah. on, and here's and if you're good at it, you'll have kind of arrows pointing to like, all right, this has to happen before this happens kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, a Gantt chart is one of the, the most, if not the most important um, tool for a project manager to manage his project and his trades and his suppliers and so on. And those things should be updated daily. Um, yeah, so yeah. So you'll see that on our systems with the client. The client can log onto our system and see that Gantt chart being oh, that's uh, cool. updated and progress as we're going along on that. We've been trying to work on that with our system, Reich, and by work on it, I mean we're going to get to it one day. You mean just talk about it on the podcast <laughs> and then never follow up on it ever? We'll get to it. We have more important things to do, like this podcast. Yeah, and the new studio. It's tough it's to sit. Cool. It's tough to sit down after a really long day and go, "Hmm, I'm going to really focus on this Gantt chart project management <laughs> app." Yeah, Samantha Gantt chart. You didn't hear the it's shout yours. out it's earlier. She just heard. She's off camera, uh, off mic too. Uh, I'd say, you know that that kind of stuff. If you can, if you can follow a Gantt chart, you can kind of. It helps you with so many other projects. I feel like, uh, built how home building, from what I understand, is it's problem solving in a in a way that's applicable for almost anything. Because if you can figure out how to, because humans are the hardest part, right? The humans just scrambling around. Then you got weather sometimes that'll delay you. Then you got the city that'll. Uh, city or state depending on where you're at um, kicking your door down well i mean like are the drugs so i won't go on my hour rant about uh the the appraiser we had but i'll <laughs> i mentioned it in the last episode and then uh we were going to we were trying to buy a new house that was being built i, I was telling you about it mm-hmm. i think yep. f- three or four weeks ago 
the appraiser um, not only didn't do the right comps they're supposed to do, but they did. Uh, they're 53 feet off, and it was a rectangle to measure. Measured with a measuring tape, not a laser. Um, and we couldn't to to properly get to that person. We had to go through four different intermediaries to go. Hey, this is going to screw up our loan. That's a it's a 14 grand difference. Which means it's not covered by the loan that we're getting. They're only covering the appraisal of the house. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Cool, you gotta just pay just pay that fourteen grand." Not to mention that it's an odd number, so the number intrinsically doesn't exactly. make sense. Like, how did yeah. that not get the caught? Huge uh, knock-on effect. This, this is important because they round down or up to the nearest foot, which is insane to me, right? So we had two porches. Think of one big box, two porches, right? Front porch, back porch. Um, one was like nine nine feet by nine and five inches. You can just make the numbers up, you know. If you I am. <laughs> nine and five inches. Uh, so that would go down to nine. And then the other one was like 10 and six inches, which goes down to 10, right? So you round it down. Uh-huh. To the nearest foot? To the nearest foot. And I asked the city. I called the city. I, yeah, I went crazy. I stayed up all night learning about appraisals and like, how lazy these people are and get me the mayor reading reddit amas of like ask me anything i'm a i'm an appraiser and it's like why do you guys suck so bad it's like well <laughs> well they you know the, since the crash of uh 07 08 um i guess appraisers used to get influenced a bunch they used to be able to kind of wink nod hit them with a little extra cheddar did increase. you try that uh no, no you can't touch you can't we're, we called them uh, because their info was on the appraisal, because we're like, okay, it says if you have any problems, call. And I, I guess that's not directed towards us, because we called the next day. We're like, what the fuck? That's like, for the mailman. And if you did the if you did the geometry correctly, right? If you measured it to what the architect had, um, the house would be seventeen hundred feet, and she had like sixteen seventeen. So we had it listed at sixteen seventy, right? That's the fifty three foot difference. But if you did this rounding method and you did it correctly and you you did it by taking the whole rectangle of the house and deleting the porches instead of doing the middle box, adding the top box, the bottom box, <laughs> it, that makes a difference too because it depends how, how, you, how you go about the geometry of it. So what was the difference on the appraisal? 53 feet, so 14 grand. In terms of value. 14 G's, oh, 14 G's was it. which the builder, we made a deal with the builder that they were trying to sell the same house elsewhere, um, same model home, but they needed to sell it at this, this price. Uh, so we made there, he was eating a bunch of costs. We had a good deal worked out and then just, we, we ran out of time. We clo- our house sold. So it was a contingent. <laughs> so Friday morning, AM ours was done. Uh, and not ours anymore. And then <laughs> Friday p.m. we're supposed to sign, be done with it. It's tight. I know it's a tight window. Everyone's like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing? It's like it's not like we had a choice. We didn't. W- we wanted to overlap, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, we we're just like, all right, if this works, it works. If it doesn't, doesn't. If uh, it doesn't, we're just homeless. We were homeless, yeah. and that was freaking. You know, that sucks with two babies. Right? Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, panic sets in, and again, fear of the unknown yeah. comes in. And you know, my. I'm not freaking out, but I kind of under freak out with these situations. So, you know, I think um, I think that makes 
maybe my wife freak out more because I've just look. Why don't you care about this more? Well, I don't it's know. It's kind of a parent's thing. You you got to feed and shelter your children, and then right. if, if someone's threatening that that might be not be there, and Airbnbs, you know, it's you're gonna freak out. It's good value, but it's still it's still pretty expensive to rent a place on the fly uh, for a week that you know you can have babies at and dogs. I didn't realize that's what you were doing. Yeah, this is hard. I thought you just got an apartment. We did, but, I mean, we scrambled to, like, what do we do? There was a chance that we were going to try to, you know, we had some really cool family members that were like, we'll help you, meet in the middle with that guy, and you can pay us back. And it's like, fuck it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the trouble. Um, You know, it's not worth having that hang over our heads every every time we see him. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's one of those things where it's just the, the home purchasing process is crazy the home building process is just as crazy too mm-hmm. uh i'm sure you have similar stuff that happens like that and costing and all that all the time you, um it's, it's let me get you let challenge. me get your soup cooler a little closer to that mic yeah 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 it's a it's always a challenge uh you know meeting clients expectations and budget but um that, that's what we aim to do with this pre-construction you know stage um clients always have a long wish list well, what it, what what can they do in that wish list for the budget that they have? Yeah. Um, not everyone has an unlimited funds for these things. So you can't always have the boom boom room. No. So um, yeah, it's you know it about the boom challenge. Boom. It's where you have the this, the stripper pole and stuff, right? Mm. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mine's mobile, but you know, one day when we get that house, your stripper room is mobile, or the pole is mobile. Oh, I didn't even think about the room detaching. And just becoming its own strip club. Have it sink into the ground. It is Tampa. (laughs) A tiny boom house. (laughs) It's really just an homage to Tampa. (laughs) That's all it is. All houses should have them, really. Right, yeah. In Tampa. I I mean, come on. (laughs) Little neon light. Strip club capital of the world, baby. Yeah. More strip clubs and churches. Really? Yeah. Within the city limits. I feel like I looked, I Googled this a year ago or something, and like Portland, Oregon somehow beat us now. No way. Look it up. Not that. Google bullshit. it, bro. Hey, bro. Well, they've Google got nothing it. else to do, have they? Portland, Oregon. Por- well, Portland's uh, hipster capital of the world. You can go to Voodoo Donuts, go to Helium oh, Comedy Club. That's all I know. Hippie uh, armpit hair. <laughs> that's where strippers. young people go to retire. Yeah. Uh, Portlandia, great show. But <laughs> I guess, um, what are the challenges? That y'all deal with, I think we started talking about you coming on the podcast because it's like, I was like, man, you got a lot of good information. You should be doing your own podcast. You should work with uh, Alaire to kind of figure out how to do it as some kind of you know marketing content for them that's evergreen. You know, for all the where how many locations? One hundred five, I think. Yeah. We're still one hundred five as yeah. of that's quite Wednesday a, last year. That's that's quite a few. A lot of a lot of in the United States and uh, Canada, right? Uh-huh. Both Canada and the United States. Yeah, head office is up in uh, BC. Okay. Canada. Oh, nice. Uh, oh, so v- Vancouver was on point. I didn't. Yep. Ah, yeah. Okay. Very close by. My Canucks. So, <laughs> nicest city, cleanest city I've ever been to. I love it. Um, Beautiful place. So, I didn't know. <laughs> my buddy put me in a hostel. He's like, I was on the phone with him, and I was going up from Seattle. Just wanted to go to Vancouver, and he was like, "Dude, you got to go. I'll get you. I'll." I'll call the hostel. I'll find it for you, and I'll send you the address. And he put me in a hostel in, like, the gay area of Vancouver, and I didn't know it. And I was like, these guys are really friendly to each other. (laughs) (laughs) In these bunk beds, I was like, 
Uh, you know, maybe it's just there's a stop being so uptight. Maybe they're just a lot chill. <laughs> I walked outside and there's like two lumberjack bears, hand in hand walking <laughs> in the street. I was like, oh, either he fucked with me on purpose or an accident. But I'm, or he thinks you're gay. Or that. Hey, thought my, you was making your day. I've said it a lot. My life would be a lot easier. It would be a yeah. lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Off topic. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you really haven't listened to the show. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we should have warned him. I guess. Yeah, we get on tangent highway, so we'll we'll, we'll get back in. That's but okay. by the way, you were right about Portland being having the most yeah. per capita strip clubs. I don't know. The we can't have anything. It's here. not exactly a super scientific breakdown, but. <clears throat> I don't know. They, yeah, Tampa's actually really disappointing on this list. Only it says they only have twenty eight. That's bl- no. Well, a bunch yeah, I've been down. to twenty nine. Twenty eight. Tw- legit twenty eight. I went to my first one when I was fourteen. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven C's. Yeah. Seven C's. Was that it? Yeah. yeah. Braces. They would, they would let anybody in. Braces. My, a cast. My son is fourteen. I can't imagine him going. They shut down now. Well, we'll find a different one for him. Yeah. There's <laughs> a there's a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> We'll find them the the lobster special, the other one. Um, they used to call it Seven Diseases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I walked in and saw a pregnant lady in a shower scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you too? Me too campaign? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying that was you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. She would have also been 14. That would have been my younger. test if I was Jeez. gay, I guess. <laughs> if that was a choice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'd walk in and be like, nope, I'm out. I'm done forever. Later. <laughs> But you still maintain. But I wore my umbros like a like a proud, gross fourteen year old. <laughs> walked in there with braces and a cast. You for real wore umbros. I swear to God, that's. I went with my best friend's cousin. Him and I put in Swisher Sweets because he could drive a Jeep, and then our other two best friends had to wait in the car because we had to do it teams. You know, when you're like, okay, who looks the oldest? <laughs> you had to like kind of strategize in the parking lot, like, okay. I'm going to go in. And then, like, his, their cousin got frustrated, and I got frustrated trying to strategize. We're like, fuck it, let's just go. And we walked in, and it was like, they got they didn't get allowed in, so they just sat there, like, oh, I wonder what it was like. What but was you got in. I got in, yeah. So the strategy actually I've, worked. I was going to say, no, I love no, it no. When people go over I should have gone strategies. in with one of the guys that sat in the car because both of them looked younger. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. So, you know, you're like kind of the. I was, I was an uglier kid growing up because you're the guy that has to go buy the beer. You know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you look older. If you're if you're a f- if you're fugly, you look a little older as a high school kid. Thus, you buy the beer for everybody. Yeah, you had the head the yeah. head size of a grown man. Yeah, and I and I uh, hang out with people that are like five to ten years older than me. So I felt like I I was like, yeah, Webster. You know, you watched yeah. that the other night, Papadopoulos. Mm-hmm. And they bought it. Yeah. No, I just found one gas station that would sell, and then I had to do it for everybody. Uh, yeah, we found one too. All right, well, things are slightly home building. In the UK. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what, yeah, what? I, no, I want to hear in the UK. In the UK, it's, this is kind of building related. You can just pee on the, the building, right? Because no. No? no, in London, no, you get arrested for that. What? I thought there's some places where they just said fuck it. If people are going to pee on there, well, let's make designated outside areas where people can pee. No, nope. what? No, nope, I nearly got arrested for a friend doing that. Someone lied to me. You almost got arrested for your friend peeing outside? Yep. I used to play rugby back in the UK, and we were in a pub called the... Uh, ...in southwest, southeast London. And um, I got thrown out of the pub because I knocked a pint of beer over the landlady. Fair enough. So I was outside, waiting, wondering what to do, and this my buddy came out. He had actually, he had actually made me turn around and react, and 
knocked this pint. She came out to apologize and he started to uh, pee on the wall. Yeah. And uh, just as the cops came around the corner, load him in the back. And then I said, where are you taking him? And I need to go arrest himself. So oh, okay. So he got arrested. can't do that. The you party get framed. Nice. Just so you know, I'm, I'm going to apologize to anybody else. Well, sorry, did you have a dad joke you want uh, to display? <laughs> the potty wagon? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all night. <laughs> to be righteous. He's a stand-up comedian. Was. Um, so what uh, What do you see as challenges in this industry? I mean... Okay, um, so um, I'm asked this question quite a bit. So one of the big challenges for us is um, helping people recognize that custom home doesn't mean necessarily mean expensive so when you're buying a hot wall when you're looking to move you got three main options buying uh-huh. purchasing a production home or going with a custom home but the budget you have remains the same right it's what okay. you can get for that budget it's finite different. Mm-hmm. which one's going to provide you the most value a custom home yeah right so um and and you know as generations have passed, the acceptance of, okay, I'll spend a little less, get a custom, exactly what I want. Um, and and then, you know, it's a good way for the, the younger families to get in uh, to the housing market. So if you take, for instance, around here, if you take what's happening in South Tampa at the moment, there's, yeah. a, there's a boom in the housing market, redeveloping these lots that have got little ranches on them yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. And um, So uh, for those around the country, kind of older money, uh, yeah. but mixed with a lot of like people squatting on properties to wait for the value to go up yeah. so they can sell yeah. them at these enormous prices. Yeah. So for instance, the, the hipster part of town we were trying to buy in, the same house would cost twice as much. Yeah. So just so, um, but the what South Tampa has is really good schools. Yep. Ru- and the catchment area is South Tampa, so you, that's why young families want to move in there. They want to buy one of these homes so they can get their kids into these schools. The problem is, how do they get access to the market when the production builders or the you know people are buying them at elevated prices, knocking them down, redeveloping, building a what we call a McMansion. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, so so the children are being displaced, so the schools aren't getting their uh, their numbers up. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's one of those. It's a bit of a passion of mine. I've seen it, in the, you know, studying the demographics of South Tampa. And um, one of the things that we try to uh, explain to the younger generation is that they those houses on those lots, mm-hmm. most of them are good, cons- good construction. Uh-huh. They just need some TLC, a bit of extension. You can buy one for three fifty. You can extend it, renovate it. So let's say you throw another hundred and fifty into it. Now you've got a three-bedroom, two-bath home that's worth six hundred thousand, and you've spent five hundred. And you put a lot of sweat equity into it. Yeah, uh-huh. a lot of sweat equity. The like titular the the comment pun. of the show. Eric like loves it. it. Like it. He loves it. Yeah. Look at him. He's loving it. I'm going on silent strike for five minutes. No talking. So Eric, coming back to your question. We were talking about. Well, we were talking about the school systems like so fucked, right? And that really affects a lot. That affects a lot of real estate in every yep. in every city. So it's like. And the disparity between the price of private school everywhere. I talked to my friends around the country. It's it's getting crazy how expensive private school is, which tells me public schools shit just dog shit. Silent strike over the (laughs) uh, crazy thing, dude. My kids in kindergarten, and it's like every almost every day getting hit up for fundraisers and stuff. Like it's crazy. Like they don't have money for anything. Is that public or is that private? Public, yeah, yeah. 
It's cra- so that's and we have a good school system in Hillsborough County. Like right, oh, it's huge. Plant is rated as one of the best high schools in the country. Yeah, Plant just Plant is where Gallagher went to school and uh, Wade Boggs. Just for reference for anybody Both out there. Both geniuses, as we Which all know. Gallagher. Mike uh, Gallagher one, and then Gallagher two. His brother. I don't know if he went to Plant. Probably. But the bomb squad. If the, there's a bomb going on, the code was uh, Gallagher's in the building. So there's a little fun fact. At for Plant you. in the nineties, yeah. We yeah. never had that at what, what a bomb code. Yeah, they did. Jeez. Yeah, no look, idea. I'm not going to get into recent news, but no. I mean, well, no, let's yeah, not do that. Uh, yeah, but okay. but yeah, so the schools really, it's really crazy how much that dictates a lot of the prices, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're next to the neighborhood we were in it was like, is <laughs> it one to five, and a one's really good. <laughs> they're like five, four, <laughs> right, right next to us. Somehow scored a six. <clears throat> but you feel the neighborhood trying to get better. So we we were going on kind of that gut feeling that, you know, I feel like this will get better, and hopefully the community wraps around it. And then my wife was like, I'll go volunteer. You know, I'll go be part of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, how much – I'm trying to think of the best – I had a, three questions locked and loaded, and now my brain's like, don't say them all at once. How, what do you look for when people say that uh, you're talking about buying this, buying a house that's needs a little TLC, right? People talk about this house has good bones. What tr- specifically, what should you look for? Or do you have a good reference point? Like no, bu- check out this different. book. Um, no, I mean, en- engineers can tell you if you've got a structural issues, but y- you can look at it and you see cracking, you can see subsidence, you can look in the, Roof lines and see waviness. You're giving or you look at the floors and you're giving a lot of credit to our generation, though. So, like, literally, we don't yeah. know that because yeah. we could see a crack and go, "That's ah, probably just ceiling popcorn, whatever you know, chipping off." Uh, yeah, they, and a lot of little hairline fractures may may be just that. If you're seeing steps, cracks that are steps following the line of the block that's mm-hmm. making up the wall, there's a, a sign that something's not right. Yeah, um, you know, if you're walking across the floor and you feel soft patches or you feel it undulating slightly could be a sign there's something wrong there if you're looking at the roof line and it sags a little bit in one area then there could be signs that you know there's an issue there bring a Um, sack of marbles just throw them on the ground (laughs) throw them on the roof see what happens sure see the roll undulations undulations the fancy way of saying it's hilly Uh uh-huh look around your windows see if you see any signs of window of water yeah water's this that water's the killer if there's any leaks anywhere uh you know, I, I got the pep talk by some carpenter one day. He's like, water don't take days off. Don't, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> water <laughs> It'll does get in everywhere. <laughs> well, a lot of these houses that are like 30, 40 years old, like my house had copper pipes. Yeah. Worst Father's Day ever, walking to my daughter's room, squishy wooden floors. Uh, it's just like, yep. it, it's just a complete. There review. are lots of different signs, but most of the houses, the, the original little um, rancher-style houses in in this neighborhood, you know, around about the 1950s, those the structures y- usually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the framing was I a feel lot like better than it can be today. I feel like the 70s, 80s, a little questionable. Yeah, you're probably yeah, right. Each, a lot of cocaine each one's going individual. On? You got to get it checked yeah, out. That's good enough. That's good <laughs> enough. <laughs> on to the next <laughs> thing. Let's build this. Put this roof on tonight. Come on, let's do it. Uh, I got it. It's going to be called modern, and it's going to be a white box. Yeah. Everybody's going to love it. Okay, tinted windows. They're gonna be blue and pink, okay? Paint it gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I love those houses. Those are all over Florida. Yeah, <laughs> they all look like a bunch of mistakes. That was the McMansion of the day. Yeah. Um, 
How, how long have we been going? I think we've been going for 39. 39? He has no idea. He can't read numbers. Is he sleeping? He's a hey. quiet man. Okay. We good? Wait, I'm a, uh, it's the, I have 39. We're good. Well, I want, you know, we want to keep it around for you. <laughs> Off mic. Uh, so what, um, what, do, what trends are you seeing in the future? I, I always have this weird idea of like, you should be able, I wonder if they're going to be able to do kind of the pre-manufactured style homes where you can kind of Ikea your way to a bigger house. So that, that it would work like get the, you would buy a base of a house, right? And then you'd build it so that you could open up a wall eventually without having to be a pain in the ass. Is yeah, that a thing? Well, Did I make that up? Or Prefabrication is, uh, you know, is a very hot topic across the country, across North America as a whole. You've got companies that are actually doing that now, uh-huh. building hotels out of uh, prefabricated boxes. I've seen the container ones where they're just getting shipping containers. And it's like, yeah. move your whole apartment from no, Austin the, uh, to Min- Minneapolis. And the, r- the future is 3D printing houses. What? In China, they 3D print bridges. They just have a giant machine. It's got the specs loaded in there. And but it don't just they lie about their gross domestic I've product of it. all shit? They, yeah, they but built I've fake cities it. and shit? I saw it. It was real. You saw it in China? Yeah, I went to China and investigated myself. What city? Beijing. Oh, yeah? Beijing? Is that like Bada Bing? It's real. Beijing? It's real. Simon, back it, me up on this. 3D it could printing. Be, it could be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they'll have a giant robot. I've not seen it first robot hand, but uh, yeah, yeah, there are YouTube videos out there that will yes. show you 3D printing. And mm. everybody knows and YouTube is real. You know, there's lots of talk about <laughs> it. We're on but YouTube. Can they do it effici- uh, efficiently? And if, uh, can they build any shape you want? Yeah. Not quite yet. But that is, perhaps that is the way forward. Perhaps that is something to look for i mean we have we have investors right here um in tampa that are looking at uh, container homes it's an interesting thing uh i like the repurposing of that idea um i don't know if it's just a trend i don't know if that's a good thing you know you have one of those containers for 10 years you're just trying you just want to be a hipster about it what no a hipster would be living in a container ship no i know that's what i'm saying or a shipping container Oh yeah, container ship. Container. <laughs> <laughs> that's hipster. I'm still moving in, so <laughs> I'm, I'm like we're all going for floating <laughs> homes. Yeah, I want a houseboat. That would be rad. I think that's every dad's dream when they have young kids. You're just like Give John me Paul f- Labadee. That's his his lifelong dream. He's a houseboater. He wants to be. The swaying. You go up to tough? Vancouver. There's a, there are a ton of houseboats up there, and they're on the rivers. They're on the estuaries, so they don't get swaying. You could be a river person. Yeah. You could be a river rat. Look at you. River rat, huh? (laughs) Um, So what are you seeing trend-wise? I'd say, like, I've looked at these green homes where the insulation now, you can do some some stuff with it that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Where it's kind of like this different kind of foam you put in, and whatever whatever temperature you want it to be in the house, it'll be that temperature. Yep. And you spend less on AC and heating, mm-hmm. and then no dust. Yeah, because well, of it. Yeah, the, there are, you know, there's the building code you can build to, or you can build to a much higher standard, and you can go all the way up to net zero. Um, in order to go net zero, you've got to find energy sources from elsewhere off grid. Uh-huh. Right? So then you're going to spend money on that. Um, you've got the likes of Tesla who are coming up with the power walls, yeah. and the tiles. God, and I want like one of those. Yeah, I want all of it. I didn't right, know so electricity was dynamically priced. I didn't know it's different 
it costs different at rush hour than it Surge does at pricing. night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't yep. know that. Yep. So that power wall, all, what it does a lot of the time is just overnight, the 4 a.m. or whatever, it'll it'll store up all your power so you're not paying as much. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Right. It's, I, I think that's crazy. Selling back onto the grid as well. Well, Florida well, Florida is not really cool with that. I know people that. who get paid by the power you go, company. You they do? Elsewhere, yeah. I thought they'd try to stop all that. Um, I don't. I don't know now, but in the past, I feel they've like done it with all the doomsday prepper people. Like, how is there not more more people doing this? Uh, the Tesla Powerwall is like ten grand, right? Something like that. It's yeah, but it's all that stuff's getting yeah. super cheap. Solar is getting really <coughs> cheap, and the, it's the getting cheaper. The solar roof they so say is supposed to be as cheap or cheaper than a regular roof. The tiles. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks the, exactly the same. There's solar paint too. That I know somehow that. absorbs. I don't know how that works at all, but... Uh, There's all sorts of other stuff, you know, um, uh, water collection systems. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're using less water off the... So brown water, mains. black water yeah. kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Geothermal. Gray water. Gray water. Ge- brown geothermal water. heating or... No, there's one, one of... Black water, brown... One, there's one. It's black and gray. Mine's yep. brown. Well, m- at the end of the day, it all looks black. Right. Well, the I black water <laughs> is the poop water, and the gray water is just like a And then I take my cigars and ash them in the toilet, so it, it makes a sweet cocktail. <laughs> I don't think they judge the actual yeah, color. Then sometimes my bla- my poop is black, and that's I'm just not eating really well. You know? Yeah, that can be a sign of an ulcer. Yeah, like yeah. Internal bleeding. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. You probably have one. Yeah. No, my stomach usually hurts when it happens, so mm-hmm. yeah. I've probably Good. got a couple. Could we figure that out? Diagnosis confirmed. Yeah, well, you know, you can learn a lot by your own poop. Mm. You didn't think we were going to go me. there, huh? Yeah. Well, no, it gives me an opportunity to have a drink. You yeah. Know, I can bow out of the conversation. With out of a black cup, no less. <clears throat> um, I guess anything <laughs> – we didn't. We don't do any pre-production, shocker, for anybody listening, but is there anything you wanted to kind of mention, talk about, throw out there um, that we probably, if we were good at this, we would uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll so have a producer soon. Um, I think all I'd say is that, you know, if, if – Guys are looking at either um, having a custom home built or remodeling their existing home. Make sure you're asking the right questions of your contractor to protect what yourself. So, g- so examples. Because um, that's how many hours. This shows about like job? don't give me this general motivation stuff. Mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss. Give me some specifics that I, I could write down. I could pause this. While I'm on my power walk or jazzercising, I could pause this, go back to it, and write it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? So I cut you off. So uh, how many how many um, hours are you going to spend on my project? Uh, what is your margin? Mm-hmm. Um, What's a good margin? Like thirty, forty? Oh, that I wish. Fifty percent, <laughs> double? No, I, mean, I don't know. You know, around about the twenty mark, and it's it's going to depend on where you are in the world, um, in North America or the world, but uh, yeah. D- and and some people will charge you the margin and just put in hours, which is what we like to do. But we like to show the client how many hours we're going to spend on their project, so that they can then monitor that if they want. How do you justify the hours? Because that's always a, that's always tricky for labor mm-hmm. costs, right? That's why I think pricing is really difficult when you go. Here's our value. Here's our cost rate. Here's our bill rate. That's mm-hmm. internal. Everybody needs to do that. So if you're listening, you're an attorney. Uh, anybody that does a billable hour. You have to kind of figure this out. You're doing an Upwork freelancing gig um, online. It's it's you have to justify your hourly rate. We can do it by we've done it by the competition, but we also go we know the value of the end product too, mm-hmm. uh, versus what you'll deal with at the end of our competition 
yep. uh, doing it, or a freelancer, or your cousin building a website or something. Yeah. Well, m- any any rate is made up of different components. So you know, our rates are made up of the salary of the project manager, the insurance, the works comp, all those sorts of things that come into right. it. You have to pay you right. know, taxes, etc. So that's how we justify the rate. It's it's, but it's down to also how many hours. So then we work out with the client. You know, we've got five or six categories, and we say, okay, so if we're going to meet with you once a week, it's about two hours. And you've got, a let's say, a 20-week project here, so that works out to this many hours. You know, it, But they don't pay for the hours we don't use. Right. right? So uh, you know, it, it's up to them how involved they want to be themselves. Most, uh, most of our clients... It's want to trust us to get on with it. Is that different than the standard? I feel like yeah. a lot of stuff's flat. Yeah. Right? Most, of the, most in construction? Yeah. So most residential. Uh, contractors, you will not know how many hours are allocated to your job when yeah. you sign the contract. So they factor it in, and then they give you that bottom line, and then so you're transparent you ain't about getting it. nothing. It's, uh, that's the price. Boom. Yeah. Pay we that. we do it. We're dumb about it, but uh, I think long-term it's better because uh, our, our services are going to be transparent. Mm-hmm. at some point and we'll be ahead of that curve we'll know yep. what should cost what mm-hmm. what's the true price is what we're looking for mm-hmm. maybe we need to share notes on how because we have to look at other industries to figure out the best way to do this because we're kind of doing the our pricing model based on uh we're just trying to pick like kind of protocol from like law firms right that's kind of the closest well, that's mm-hmm. a good point like you guys are similar that you're dealing with electricians and uh, who are, you know, all these different kinds, which is what we're doing. We're dealing with logo designers and all these different things. So it's like they have their own programmers. Yeah. Electricians have their own pricing and that sort of thing. So you're probably right. It's why I use the house. I use the house building scenario for, um, Uh, for building websites Mm because I stole it from someone else, but uh, from the from the Squarespace guru who doesn't have his podcast anymore. I think he got a job and couldn't do it anymore. Uh, but he's, he talked about build. It's like building a websites or like building a house. You have the foundation, which is like the CMS, WordPress, Wix, Squarespace, Weebly, whatever that is. Then you have the development, the two by fours, low bearing walls, mm-hmm. framing, all that. Um, and then the design is the CSS for nerds. For y'all, it's uh, the drywall, the paint, all that it stuff. Finishes. Yeah, all that stuff, and then it over, and then it goes like a zipper in that you you do a little bit more, put put the fixtures in, then mm-hmm. you go over top of that, put yeah. some you know like a splashback mm-hmm. tile, whatever, and it keeps going until you finish. Yep, and that's the best way I've been able to explain it. But mm-hmm. you know, it, I don't think I would be with a lot today if it wasn't so transparent. Yeah, I enjoy that side of Hold it. Hold on, your mic's popping. It's it's, it's worth. It's a snake. There, yeah. It's something where. Is this you? <laughs> am I like? Do I have electrical bolts no, shooting out of my head right now? It sometimes it's popping so bad. I, it's like might as well stop it. All right. It's me. Now right. go. Now you're good. Yeah. Pretty sweet, right? Yeah. You didn't know what you're getting into today. No. Huh? <laughs> I won't. I won't move. This is, is why good? they don't tell you before you sit down. No, we don't tell nobody nothing. No, it's uh, <laughs> we want the honest reaction. We this yeah. is real life. That's why podcasts are great because it, it look there's gonna be words. There's gonna be a lot of stuff like that. Uh, I think that's part of the story of doing this podcast long term is the listeners want to hear us fuck up a lot. Uh, and oh, 
Uh, well, that that's part of it too. Yeah, but all right, we'll close it out with what you were about to say, <laughs> which was because I th- <laughs> you're gonna remind me now. Um, so things that clients should look out for. That's yes, 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 right? yes. So ask the questions, get referrals, make sure that uh, your contractor is not a one-man band that could disappear with your money. Make sure you know about payment procedures and milestone payments when they're coming and what they're for and mm-hmm. uh, and all. Look that. them up online. Yeah, look them up online. Look for reviews. Um, there's a. But the city should have like a bunch of stuff on the work they've done, right? Because mm-hmm. yep. I, I <laughs> when I was looking up out. appraiser stuff, I was like, what has this fucking place done? <laughs> like, what has this builder done? Maybe he screwed up, you know? So. So shameless plug, go on to allowhomes.com and there are articles there about what to ask a builder. Yeah, it's not, um, not shameless at all. I think the w- we talked about it. The advice you can give and impart for especially new home buyers uh, is is really valuable. And we were just talking about like, I like what y'all are doing as a company. Just I think a little nudge in the uh, podcast direction y'all might, you know, Mm-hmm. Be able to bring. We talked about bringing a mortgage broker on. Talk about yep. how you do that. Yep. I didn't know that shit when I was twenty five. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, there are a, a ton of steps to getting to. Shit, I didn't even in the door. I didn't even know as a business owner that they don't really look at your. They don't look at your tax returns the same way until you're three years in, and that really fucked us in a lot of just administrative bullshit. So, uh, I didn't know that until I'm thirty three now. I didn't know that. So I feel like there's a lot of knowledge just in your industry that if you can throw out there, you know, it's mm-hmm. huge. Yep. Um, anything else you got? I feel helped. Yeah? You do? Yes. Enlightened. It's cathartic. Yes. At I least leave. we got to bitch about our houses. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, anything? Nothing else? Oh. Spotify? Apologize to everybody that's to deal with me today because I will be talking like Simon Amesbury for the rest of the day. Oh, very good. That's pretty good. A Not a bad accent. I've got many British accents. <laughs> oh, I didn't Classy think he was British. You, you went closer. To <laughs> you went classy Cockney. British accent. Oh, you going Cockney? I thought he was he was dipping oh, into I Cockney. That was classy. Oh. oh. Got my Game of Thrones accent. It's a little bit more harsh. How long do you want me to do this for? Um, Until I can get a song going. Oh, good. Um, what else? Go. go for the jam, please. Finish us off with the jam. Um, The jam will just have to trust you as a jam. I don't know. I just chose Rick Ross. Ugh. Come on. Shut it off. <laughs>